Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. So it's just you and me today, Brad. Yeah, and we're not even recapping a show. Yeah, but we are talking about Marvel and Star Wars. It's true. So... Uh, we, like, we end up doing that on Mondays, no matter what. Or I guess we do. We usually do it on Fridays, right? Um, okay, so this morning, something hit the internet that we weren't expecting. It was this sizzle reel. I don't even know how you describe it. But this is kind of the thing that you would normally be at, like, Comic-Con. And they'd be like, we have one more thing. And then they would, like, you know, the lights would go out. And then this would start playing. And it, it had some new footage had some announcements had some new titles some new release dates uh what would you how would you describe this brad yeah it's definitely you, you hit it right on the head it's the kind of thing they would play at at comic-con at, at some kind of uh convention to get people hyped up and like tease what's to come so yeah this is as close as we'll get to real comic-con this year probably yeah the interesting thing here is they they use some of that footage of it was like in the theater from from endgame playing on, on the movie screen is this the first time we've ever seen a big movie studio use pirated footage to in their marketing materials uh yeah i mean i think so the the next close thing the closest thing would probably be i and this isn't this is technically a studio doing it but ryan reynolds leaking the deadpool oh, yeah. footage <laughs> yeah but he he did that for his own you know at that point it wasn't anything yeah so yeah uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, you, you know, that clip has gone viral many times. I feel like every few weeks someone posts that clip, especially during this pandemic, because the, the, that you know people just want to get back to the movie theater. And uh, okay, so so this whole sizzle reel, I think, is trying to get us amped for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the return to the movie theater. Uh, we got some new release dates. Let's start with that. What are the new release dates? Yeah, so we got finally got some release dates uh, for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, 
and also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, we kind of knew, we, we knew that both of these were coming, but obviously they weren't uh, given release dates when um, the title for Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, sequel was announced back at the Disney Investor Day. And of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, we knew has been coming for uh, a long time, even though it uh, you know was held up a little bit when um, James Gunn was put in hot water by a bunch of jerks. So uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is coming February 17th, 2023. And then a few months later, we'll get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th, 2023, taking that big uh, summer blockbuster opening weekend spot. Yeah, and this like also establishes that we're going to get four movies, four Marvel movies this year, four Marvel movies next year. It seems like a pattern to me. Uh, they kind of, at one point, they used the the word Phase Four, right? In this, am I correct? Uh, I'm not sure if they actually ever say Phase Four in this video. I don't. I don't think that okay. they do. I know some people are reading this as being like the Phase Four video, and it ends with this Fantastic Four logo. Uh, you know, with the Marvel logo inside it, it doesn't give us a, a release date for Fantastic Four. But some people are reading that as meaning, you know, this is all building up to Fantastic Four. It's going to be the end of Phase Four. What do you think? Um, I mean, it would be appropriate to end what would be Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, you know, I, I. But I think you have to wonder if it if it ends with Fantastic Four. You know, does whatever is happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the rest of these movies, like lead up to that or is there some kind of culmination that bring brings their entrance or will maybe that be the the end of phase four lead into something for phase five um it's it's hard to say but it um it's it's a fair guess you know because this does seem like a good uh swath of movies to make up an entire phase of the mcu it is interesting though we we haven't had a phase of the marvel cinematic universe that hasn't had an avengers film in it that's that's true and there's also a chance that we don't know everything that's in phase four yet. So, you know, yeah. there, there could be a surprise announcement still coming sometime uh, later. Yeah. There, there's some notable uh, omissions, I guess you'd call them, you know, they announced that they were working on a blade film that seemed like it was far out anyway. So it, it, like, I wasn't surprised not to see that mentioned here. There was no mentions of mutants or Deadpool. Are, are you surprised at any of that? Uh, not really. You know, it's the, for Deadpool, especially, you know, the, the Fox deal, you know, is still the, the ink's kind of still drying on it and they're still figuring out how to incorporate um, what will survive from the Fox dream of Marvel stuff and be incorporated into the MCU. Um, so X-Men and Deadpool, you know, that that's further down the pipeline for sure. Um, as for Blade, like, like you said, that's felt like it was a pretty early announcement. And we've seen plenty of times where there have been projects announced that take longer to develop and fit into the MCU. So um, I think it'll, it'll also be a little while before we get anything solid on that. Yeah. Or projects announced that never happened. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like that. Um, uh, oh crap. What, what, the Inhumans movie. Oh yeah. Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. And then also, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's been a bunch of those, especially in, uh, especially in star Wars. Uh, now that we're talking about star Wars, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, th- we got the, our first look at footage for, from, uh internals or eternal sorry um what do you what it seems like it was a bunch of flashes of footage stuff that like you know Selma Hayek on a horse Angelina Jolie wielding this like glowing golden sword Camille you know looking buff 
the team uniting in front of like some ruins and uh yeah I, what did you think of this footage um it was fine it's not really a uh, a teaser trailer necessarily it's more just like some quick shots of footage again feels like something that they would have played at comic-con just just to tease what was coming um part of me feels like it like marvel wanted to get some of this stuff out there because they know that they're gonna start uh shooting some of these movies very soon and these some of these details were probably going to leak and especially when it comes to eternals there's merchandise that is like sitting in warehouses and like plenty of it has already you know leaked online images of figures and promotional art and that kind of thing and so I feel like they just wanted a little bit more of a, a tease out there to, to hold fans over. And hopefully, you know, we'll be getting that first trailer probably around the time that uh, Black Widow comes out in July. Yeah. And uh, we got new logos for all these movies. Uh, we we did get a reveal of some titles. We got um, the title of the next Black Panther movie and the next Captain Marvel movie. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Black Panther 2 will be called Wakanda Forever. Uh, it seems like a, a pretty fitting title since this will be a movie that has the difficult challenge of dealing with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, who played T'Challa, both the King of Wakanda and Black Panther himself. Uh, and so since this is the, you know, the, the, the war cry, um, you know, the, the motto of uh, Wakanda and its people, um, it seems like a, a pretty fitting tribute to for the memory of T'Challa to last and maybe gives some indication of thematically what this movie will cover you know because uh, just recently actually Lupita Nyong'o talked about how uh, writer-director Ryan Coogler um, what he has in mind for the sequel is very respectful of the loss of Chadwick Boseman um, and that it's uh, very spiritually and emotionally like tied to you know that that loss and will will um, you know be a tribute to him as much as it will continue to tell the story of Black Panther yeah you got to imagine you know this this kingdom has lost two kings in the period of what like five six a, a very short amount of time in the marvel cinematic universe i don't know what the timeline is because one of them was at civil war and then one was is probably going to take place after the the blip so maybe let's just say a decade period um and you know how does wakanda survive that who's going to take up the the mantle um, I think, and also, also, as you said, you know, this title is a very fitting tribute to the, the loss of the, you know, titular actor of the series. Yeah, and, so. and, and we know, of course, they're not going to be replacing um, Chadwick Boseman either. They're not going to have anybody else play T'Challa, so. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel's sequel title, I think, is a little bit more surprising. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting change of pace. Uh, it's simply called The Marvels. Uh, and the the logo itself has a, a stylized S that will look familiar to fans of the character Ms. Marvel uh, because it's the, the S from her logo and that is also seen on her superhero costume. Um, previously, we heard that uh, Iman Vellani, who is playing Ms. Marvel in the Disney Plus series, would also be appearing in Captain Marvel. So this title very clearly refers to both Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. And there's also a chance that it might also be a way of including uh, Monica Rambeau, who got superpowers in WandaVision. And even though her uh, superhero name likely won't have Marvel in it, uh, there's a chance she could easily be considered part of what will be uh, the superhero team called the Marvels as well. 
Yeah. It's, in the Marvels aren't a thing in the comic books. Is that correct? Yeah. As far as I know, um, you know that there's there's no like comic book arc or series that is called the Marvels that has these characters in it. There are definitely comic book stories that do feature these characters together, but uh, yeah. not under that title. You know, I, I just wasn't expecting them to form a team this early on. I was expecting to get a you know a Captain Marvel two that would just seem to you know have a couple scenes with those other characters. Oh, and, it it, like... and it might not even be a team either. It might just be a thing where like they're working together by circumstance, you know. So because we we don't necessarily know what the story is or how that's going to play out. Yeah, are are we getting Miss Marvel before this? Um, I'm not sure if they have given a release date for the Ms. Marvel series because I know that they're shooting right now and then that, 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 that would make sense they have to because they haven't started shooting the Marvels right no and and um, yeah. that doesn't come out until November 2022 so based on that I would expect that we would probably see um, Ms. Marvel either premiere some sometime late this year or early next year yeah no, it's very smart on Disney and Marvel's behalf to get people to watch these shows. You know, now it really feels not that it didn't feel like before that you needed to watch these shows, but it was a greater importance of like, oh, I'm going to need to watch the show in WandaVision to understand what's going on in the Marvels. So uh, what uh, was there any other uh, big news from this? I mean, there was some footage from uh, Black Widow and some other stuff that we've seen before. Yeah, new footage, but... new footage from Shang Chi and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to go check that out. Um, let's talk about some news that just hit before, right before we were going to record. We actually delayed the recording a little bit because there was some some Wandavision news. I guess in the latest issue of Rolling Stone, Kevin Feige let out that uh, Dr. Strange originally had a part in WandaVision. Yeah. So there were rumors that Dr. Strange might show up um, at the end of the series. And I believe that it had even been addressed that at some point it was discussed, but there was never any uh, specifics about what that role would have entailed or, or anything like that. But, you know, everyone assumed that it, it just simply made sense since Wanda is supposed to be a big part of Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, which is coming in 2022. Uh, but it turns out that there was a very uh, specific role that Doctor Strange was going to have in WandaVision, and that was the creator of the commercials that we see throughout the series. Um, as we watched the uh, sitcom of WandaVision unfold, there was a commercial in uh, every single sitcom episode that fit that time period and had some kind of uh, reference or callback to something from uh, Wanda's past or referencing things that um, have yet to come into play. And uh, it turns out those commercials were created by Dr. Strange. Uh, they were intended to be these like messages that he was trying to, to get to her. But uh, apparently in the end, they didn't want to have a situation where uh, Dr. Strange came in and overshadowed Wanda and also came in as like, this guy was like, Oh no, here I, I have to, you know, guide you and show you how to, to deal with this power. And so they rewrote the end of WandaVision so that he's not in it. And apparently that also meant that they had to rewrite something. We don't know what in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I wouldn't be surprised if that means that they will reveal in Doctor Strange 2 that he was behind the commercials as a way of explaining that. Because uh, in WandaVision, they don't really provide any reason as to why those commercials exist. You're, you're kind of left to assume that it's probably part of 
Wanda's subconscious, you know, building these commercials as a way of fitting into the sitcom world that she created within the Hex. Uh, but otherwise, they weren't directly explained in the series. So maybe there's more details on that coming. Yeah, the commercials were always trying to relay stuff from her, her backstory, her real life, that like she was trying to sup- suppress, right? So maybe in the original version, Doctor Strange was trying to break her out of this false reality that she created? Yeah, the one outlier from that description of the commercials is there was the the one that appeared like a commercial for depression medication that was about the Nexus, and that's something that hasn't been explained at all in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that comes into play in Doctor Strange 2. Hmm. I, I wonder if they will address that at all. It, it would have also been interesting because, you know, an episode before... The finale episode. It was Agatha all or the Agatha, yeah, Agatha all along, and now would be Doctor Strange all along. So <laughs> it would have been a good song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's break away from Marvel for a quick second, and let's talk about Star Wars because tomorrow is May the fourth, which you know is the unofficial, or I guess now it's official because Disney owns Star Wars and they they've tied it. You know, it, it is now Star Wars Day. So uh, there's going to be some big things happening tomorrow. There's a new legacy lightsaber that's coming to Galaxy's Edge. I think uh, it's leaked that it might be Leia's lightsaber from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, there's some new toys that are going to be released. There's some new merch. There's uh, Disney Plus announced they're releasing a new short. Yes, the um, trend of releasing Simpsons shorts on Disney Plus will continue on Star Wars Day with a Star Wars theme short called uh, Maggie Simpson in The Force Awakens from Its Nap. Uh, a joke that's about, I don't know, seven years too late. <laughs> um, but apparently it will be a, a short where Maggie kind of experiences her own Star Wars adventure at, at daycare. I imagine it will be a um, something that is more so inside of her, her head made to be like this epic quest because she uh, loses her pacifier but apparently she encounters young Padawans and Sith Lords and droids and whatnot. Um, it looks like her uh, her young toddler nemesis, Gerald Sampson, is taking the place of uh, Darth Maul. You can see him in the, the poster that calls back to one of the classic Star Wars posters lingering in the background, looking like the uh, the villain from The Phantom Menace. So, uh, yeah, that will be on Disney Plus to, to stream starting um, at midnight Pacific time for Star Wars Day. And there's also a couple of random things that are coming to Star Wars Day that seem just kind of afterthoughts, like just little things for Star Wars fans to watch at some point. There's this thing called Star Wars Biomes, where it says uh, you can take a virtual vacation to like Star Wars locales like Hoth and Tatooine and Sorgan. Um, and then there's also something called Star Wars vehicle flythroughs that allow you to get up close and personal with both the Millennium Falcon and the Star, uh, Imperial Star Destroyer. And so they kind of feel like, and they sound like glorified screensavers to me, where it's just like, here's some you know footage that's probably from the movies that where we have voiceover that talks about these locations and things you probably already know. And then I imagine maybe with the Falcon and Star Destroyer stuff that they have interior shots from featurettes that they use from b-roll or maybe even shots for that they um, got from galaxy's edge since they recreated some of those settings in great detail at disney parks but uh not not the most exciting thing so hopefully disney is holding back some more uh thrilling excitements about star wars for the actual star wars day tomorrow yeah those screensavers of like the planets kind of remind me of 
I'm not sure if you have Apple TV, but like when you don't use it for a while, it, go, it goes into these really like vivid landscapes of yeah, big or, drone shots, satellite shots, underwater shots, a lot of landscapes. Yeah, and it, it, I I actually sometimes just keep it on TV because it's just like good background uh, to fill the room. But it, it kind of reminds me. Last week I covered this press day for Disney Cruise Line. They're gonna have their fifth cruise ship. It's coming. I believe the next year sometime uh, it's called the D- Disney wish. And one of the things that's new to the Disney cruise line with the, the wish, I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's kind of related is they are going to have a bar called the star Wars hyperspace bar. And what it is, is it's kind of modeled off of um, the yacht from solo, a star Wars story. So, or like uh, it's more Canto bite than cantina. I would describe it as up up class uh, and it's a cocktail bar and it has these windows. Uh, D- Disney Cruise Lines right now already have this like thing called the Skyline Bar where you go into the bar and it has these windows that overlook all these city skylines. And like every, you know, 15 minutes, they'll change from Paris to New York. And like, you know, it, it looks like you're actually just you know, having a drink at a bar and a big skyscraper overlooking the skyline. So they're basically using that concept. They've added some IP, which is Star Wars, and they're basically going to be doing it with Star Wars where you will every, you know, 10, 15 minutes be transported through, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, throughout the galaxy and also throughout the timeline to, to be overlooking these Star Wars planets, seeing some epic moments that we have seen, some that we've only heard of. And also at the same time, you can uh, digest some cocktails that are local to those planets. I don't know. I thought it was a cool concept, but th- that's what it kind of reminds me of. It's like, oh, we were already working on these, like, <laughs> these, like, you know, these CG versions of these, like, o- overlooking these planets. Let's just put them on Disney Plus. I'm sure it's not that, but that's that was my first thought is like, this must be just like some special feature that they we're working on and they're like uh we need something for star wars day what do you what do you guys got (laughs) so um and uh i'm sure there'll be some other big announcements do you think there'll be any like do you think we'll get any trailers for like obi-wan or cassian uh i mean they're not shooting obi-wan yet so that seems out of the question um cassian seems maybe likely that we could get something I, i think that they've been shooting for a little bit so there's a chance we could um get something out of them but uh yeah i mean the only other thing i can think is that maybe if they announce uh something new that we hadn't heard about before but yeah i don't know we'll see yeah i know you're a big toy guy like has there been any rumbling of any like toy announcements for may the fourth i haven't noticed any leaks or anything but i also haven't been looking super closely so there could be stuff out there that i just haven't noticed yet but i know hasbro um is having like a, a may the 4th you know live stream where they announce some new stuff so i'm sure we'll get new black series and vintage collection uh announcements and maybe even some new force effects elite lightsabers or something like that yeah and we should also mention bad batch the new animated series is also going to premiere on disney plus on may the 4th or like you know at midnight tonight and uh yeah you can check that out i'm sure maybe some of those toys will be from that maybe <laughs> I mean, that whole Bad Batch thing seems like it's perfectly made to like, it almost seems like reverse engineered. Like we need some cool looking stormtrooper or like clone trooper toys, you know? Okay. Let's do that. Uh, let's make a show about it. 
Yeah. They've already announced the the Black Series figures for the Bad Batch, the the, the main um, character, oh, they have that. characters anyway. So yeah, so un- unless there's other characters that they haven't made figures for from the series, then uh, could be something. Oh yeah, you're different. right. I saw that because I, I've seen the first episode of the Bad Batch and there's like a big spoiler that happens in that first episode and the toys totally ruin that spoiler so if, if if you're looking at toys maybe look at them after you see the show if you if you care about that thing but um okay one last thing i want to talk about is the you know we were doing these weekly episodes about the falcon and winter soldier marvel and disney released their assembled documentary i know you, we both watched it and you wrote up a whole thing on the site uh, chronicling seven uh interesting things that we learned from the show uh, what did you think of the documentary? Uh, I thought it was fine. It's definitely not as interesting as the WandaVision one, simply because it's a much more straightforward Marvel production. The WandaVision one had the added bonus of seeing how they created the sitcom worlds, and it was being something completely different that Marvel hadn't done before. And this just feels like you know a, a much longer featurette that we're used to seeing yeah. from from Marvel. Um, but having said that, there were some interesting details. Um, for me, it was more so the the interesting side of the technical production because a lot of the stuff they said about uh, the themes and like the character development was stuff that we had already heard in other interviews leading up to the series release and also from interviews that we conducted ourselves. So um, for me, one of the things I liked were hearing about how they plan certain sequences like the skydiving um, chase, the, the semi-truck fight. And uh, just... that, that was cool how they had like like just like a what, like a one or two foot tall semi truck on the ground for them to jump off of and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it's very cool to see how these sequences develop because they obviously they have to plan the choreography, but it also requires, you know, previs of the entire sequence. So they have they, they do like the sequence in these warehouses and they have very crude, you know, computer animated models for, to stand in for the characters and. Uh, mimic the camera movement so they can plan everything out about how they're actually going to shoot it. Um, One of the things that was interesting is obviously we knew uh, the coronavirus pandemic affected production in Prague because they were shooting there uh, when the pandemic really started to break out and they had to shut down production for eight months. Um, But even before that, they actually had an issue because they were planning on shooting all the stuff that they shot in Prague in Puerto Rico. And they already had uh, locations scouted. They were ready to go. And then they had um, a big earthquake down there. And after that first earthquake, they felt like everything was still okay down there for them to be able to shoot. And like the crew felt safe about that. And then they had the second earthquake and they were like, okay, well, we can't go to Puerto Rico anymore. Um, And then they decided to go to Prague and they only got one week of production done in Prague before they had to shut down and they flew um, roughly 100 crew members out within four hours the day after they decided to shut down production. And the next morning, everyone was out of there. And then they yeah, to- ima- imagine that. Imagine making a movie and like you just get a call like the ne- you know you're about to like go into like you're just like in- or not movies, sorry, TV show. It- it's a movie scale of what yeah. they're doing. I can't even imagine the- how stressful it must have been to try and plan a hun- hundred different people leaving the country <laughs> the next morning. Yeah, in a, a period of a couple hours, like you said, I- and I- that that was the one thing I was going to bring up about this. Uh, this episode versus the WandaVision episode because I criticized the WandaVision episode for not addressing the pandemic in any way. In this episode, I what I liked is it was part of that story of behind the scenes of what happened to this production. And they go into it and you see, you know, the actors and the crew members with masks on set. Like, you know, it, it, it's part of how it got made. 
And I think that and the action scenes are in the most interesting parts yeah. of this. I w- there, there's one other uh, interesting part, and it's only just because it's very fun. And I want to mention it because um, if you if you don't feel compelled to watch this full documentary, you should at least go watch this like 30 second uh, moment, which is hilarious because um, the crew took the time to shoot this little bit with Daniel Bruhl in character as Zemo, where he sits down in the Brass Monkey Club on Madripoor and does this com- commercial where he's talking straight to the camera about this fashion store called Suit Covia. And <laughs> it's just it's just a fun little little moment. I, I love that they actually took the time to shoot this. And so if you want to see that, it's at the 34 minute and 14 second mark on the on the documentary. Okay, very cool. And uh, if you want to check out the rest of Brad's things we learned, because there was some interesting stuff about Sharon Carter and stuff uh, that she had originally had different role in the Marvel films. So check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And as always, please head over to our, our, the Apple podcast page and give us a five-star rating. Write us a sentence of why you like the show. It helps us quite a bit. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.